What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Never Isolated podcast. This is show ID 7910667, hosted here on TalkShoe, and the Twitter account is Never Isolated, and that's all one word. And we're back for one of our quizzes. Yes, welcome to episode 42, Never Isolated, the Lonesome Quiz 5. And those of you who are real quizzes will know. That means they've been four previous ones. But here we are. Uh, we're, I'm recording this uh, actually on the Sunday, the 10th of May 2020. But it will be uploaded to the servers. I'm using an unlisted call to do this um, as a live show uh, for Saturday, the 9th of May. But of course, it will be there for many weeks and months to come. Hopefully, people to come across and find you may be one of the listeners that has not caught many of the uh, Never Isolated podcasts, so I'm just giving you a brief idea of what that is about, and uh, me as your host. Uh, or you may be one of those people that have uh, spotted the odd quiz, and that's piqued your interest somewhat, and you've caught some earlier ones, and you are now pleased as ever to find out about uh, quiz number five. So let me give that little brief preamble and then we'll get on to the fun part of the quiz. Well, first of all, the Never Isolated podcast is hosted by myself, Dave C. Um, I do work part-time for TalkShoe, but this is my own personal call here and is not sponsored by TalkShoe. And um, I do it for my own particular pleasure and I'm doing it uh, as Monday to Friday, that's five days a week, bringing people who want to uh, have a, a collated news reference, as it were, what's happening with the awful pandemic, the COVID-19, the coronavirus pandemic that's um, really changed the whole landscape of the world and will probably continue to do so for many a month. Although as I actually record this today on Sunday, uh, our Prime Minister Boris Johnson at 7pm, as I'm speaking now, 7pm this evening, will be laying out his five-point, our five-step plan. And I think they're using it um, um, in the sort of DEFCON mode of DEFCON 1, DEFCON 2, DEFCON. And I believe... DEFCON 5 would be then the worst. And currently we are at DEFCON 4, I believe. And maybe he's going to uh, give the roadmap without dates of lowering that to uh, an equivalent of DEFCON um, four, uh, 3, actually. So, but we're not going to talk about that. We're here for our weekly uh, weekend uh, roundup of information and to that end we're going to do uh, the quiz. Now I should stipulate that I'm, though I'm doing it as live there will be no participants on this quiz live so you won't know how well you've done in relationship to other people and of course you are on your honour to not take overly long gaps are 
pause the uh, playback um, while you go and search out answers. You wouldn't do that, would you? No, of course you wouldn't. Um, there are about 380 to 400 points up for grabs, but if I uh, make any errors, you can give yourself bonus points. And in each case, if you answer a question without a specific clue that I give that downgrades the points to five, then you award yourself 10 points. And I say it in that way because I may give a few pointers that you still would get five uh, 10 points. If I'm dropping the points down to five, I will try and say so before giving that perhaps giveaway clue. So I hope you'll understand that. You may need a pen and paper. So you're allowed to pause at this point to go and get yourself a pen and paper. Okay, we're all back, we're ready. You paused, unpaused, or you didn't pause at all. Well, there are six rounds in the, this quiz, and it's a quiz that I did um, a number of years ago, uh, and I've taken uh, some rounds from different quizzes that I was the guest host on, um, and they were from two different podcasts, so I won't mention them names this time, but I have done in the past. And um, uh the final one will be an audio round, or mostly an audio round. So uh, that's the, the perhaps the, uh, the fun round to end off with. So remember, we'll do this in about an hour. I'm doing it as live, and unless something like the phone goes or something similar like this, I won't be editing out this audio. You're hearing it with mistakes and all, but that, dear listener, is to your benefit because it means you might get some bonus points. Hey, we all like bonus points. So without any further ado, we'll start, as per usual, as we have done in the previous quizzes, with an anagrams round. Hence the pen and paper. So um, this is an anagram round with a slight twist. Well, because I've got a lot of American friends online uh, and uh, because they might be more familiar with the possible answers, I, I've shaped it up a bit. What do I mean? Well, the anagrams are all American states. The answer is an American state. I give you an anagram. So just to make it so it doesn't just jump straight out at the people from the United States who will be all over these answers, I'm sure I've added, since it's US states, I've added an extra U and an S in the anagram scrambler um, so that every anagram I give, there are two more letters than you need to spell the answer. And that's a U and an S. So that may mean that there are more than one U, more than one S. If there's only one U and only one S, well, just scrub them out. That might make it easier. That's a little bit of a hint. So what I will do is I'll read these fairly slowly and carefully for those who want to write them down. And uh, let's get on with it. Let's see how many there are in this round. There are eight anagrams, so 80 points up for grams. So anagrams of American states with a twist. As these US states, I've added extra two letters. So the answer is the name. The name of the answer is two letters less. Okay. Question one, and I'll spell them out after I said it. Axe assumes 
hots. Get your pen and paper ready if you need it. And I shall spell that out. A C T S A double S U M E S H U T S. And I'll see it as the words acts assumes hots. It's quite alliterative this one, so I think you'll probably get it. So I won't wait too long. Just pause a moment. Okay, with the answer, I'm sure you got this one. We started off with an easy one. It's Massachusetts. Let's see if I can spell it correctly. It's M A double S A C H U S E double T S Massachusetts. And um, so 10 points if you got that right. I didn't give any clues, so you either got 10 points or no points. You didn't have to spell it right. If if you didn't write it down, but you said in your head, oh, I know that is Massachusetts, you've 10 points. You don't have to spell it correctly. Uh, but uh, here we go. Two, question two. A bus is, I think it was trying to get abuses out of that, but it's a bus, a bus is rank. I didn't want to spell that because this, of course, is an anagram. A, B, S, E, S, R, A, N, K. That first word's a bit awkward. R combination of letters so I will say it again A B S E S R A N K and I'm just checking actually one two three four five six seven eight nine one Actually, um, there's a mistake there because I've only given nine letters and there are, I'll give you this as a free clue. There are eight letters in the answer. So I should have put a U in that anagram link. Um, so I'm going to add it in now. <laughs> told you it was live. So here's the anagram for this one. <laughs> it's... Buses U rank. I think I missed that out when I copied and pasted. So the anagram is A B S E S U on its own, and then rank R A N K. Oh, that was convoluted, wasn't it? I'm going to start worrying now and having to think I have to check the others. But we'll stay. We'll stand by our guns. And the answer, Nebraska. If you put Nebraska, ten points. Dear me. I tell you what, everybody can have five points because of me making a mistake. No, everybody has 10 points. If you got it right, give yourself 20 points. So you could be up to 30 already. We'll certainly get up to that 400 if you make a real effort. Number three, sick wino. No comments, Ian. Sick wino SNS. So I shall spell that out. Remember, all the answers are an American state. S I C W I N O S N S.
And again, I seem to be slightly wrong there because that's three, that's 10 letters, isn't it? And I believe the answer is nine letters. So what have I done? Hmm. I missed the U out again, haven't I? I can't give another bonus. So I'll add the U in. It's sick. I know you. SNS. I think we better get through this round quickly, don't you? And I did check them. I'm, honestly, Wisconsin is the answer. Wisconsin is the answer. And I'm sure the current next one is correct. Number four, fails Dower. <laughs> yeah, I've just failed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. F-A-I-L-S-D-O-U-R. Fails Dower. I think that one is an easy one to work out. Ten points if you said Florida. I'm not going to check the others now. I'm going to, I'm going to carry on regardless. KBL. Number five. Unstuck key. Unstuck key. Here we go. U-N-S-T-U-C-K. K-E-Y. And if you're struggling with these, I'm going to give you a big clue. So if I'll say it in a moment, if you haven't got it yet, just look, there are two Ks in the anagram. Five points if you needed that clue. The answer is Kentucky. Kentucky. Okay, number six. Hurrying along, David. Yes, I think we should. Data shook turn. Data shook turn. And I'll spell that. D-A-T-A-S-H-O-O-K-T-U-R-N. Data shook turn. So that's 13 letters. I'm going to check how many letters there are in the answer while you think. Now, we've got it right this time. 13 letters in the anagram, 11 in the answer. Data shook turn. Okay. Let's see, uh, let's see if there's any crickets about. And that's not, that's not a clue to the state. There's certain states that have crickets, is it? George is one of them. But I think you can work out that the letters I've just given aren't Georgia. So that's what I say. The answer is North Dakota. North Dakota. Okay. Let's go on to the next one. Number seven in this round. Gain I virus. Well, I hope not. G a I N I V I R U S. Okay, we'll count the letters while you do that. And I think that is ten letters. How many in the answer? Eight letters. So we've given the next one right. Gain I virus. Um 
I don't know what we should what should we play while you do there, eh? Is that long enough? Canine virus, the answer is Virginia. Virginia. Oh, my last one on this round is eight number eight, Ale Wars Jew. Ale Wars Jew. A L E W A R S D U E. And I'm going to count again. That's uh, ten in the clue and eight in the answer. And by the way, uh, these are from www.wordsmith.org amagram. Or I should have say how the anagrams were worked out. So uh, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. I think I knew. Ale was due. Double, you might give it away. The answer is Delaware. So round one, you have possibly locked up uh, ninety points. Let's see if I've got a piece of paper just to to write that running total down. You could be up to. 90 points now with my uh, my little little mistake as I am wont to do so um, we'll just move those pieces of paper over there so if you can hear me moving things about round two okay this was around um I, um, I did a quiz once where I did them from different uh, decades and this was around of questions from the 1940s what do you mean you weren't born in the 40s you still know about the, uh, you know, meteors hitting the earth. You know about the dinosaurs. You weren't around then. So that's not an excuse. Um, but um, here we are. We're on movies, our movies stars of the time. And may well be some of them are still pretty well known. One or two others may be more niche to those people who like, I don't know, westerns or film noir but stories are are just old good old-fashioned movies so here we go round two we're in the 1940s movies are movie stars of the time right we'll start with a very hard one unfortunately this person won the best supporting actor i can hear the people say you're joking that's far too niche best supporting actor in 1940 but I am going to give you a clue. It was indeed a Western. This chap was one of these uh, journeyman actors that nearly always played the, um, the same actor, the slightly drunken, slightly, um, uh, you know, but very loyal partner who would uh, accompany the lead character, maybe drive the wagons, maybe the cook on the wagon train type of story. And I'm going to give you more po uh, more clues here without knocking points down. The The film that he won it for was The Westerner, but he was on all sorts of TV westerns. He had a big white beard. Well, he did in later life, didn't at the beginning. 
Uh, it's not Gabby Hayes. That's the other people people will be thinking of. Um, sometimes he played doctors, I think. I'll tell you one film he was in. Now, can I tell you that? How can I tell you that without giving it away? No, I don't think I can give that clue. Oh, you said well. He was in a film, Bad Day uh, at Black Rock, which wasn't a Western. It was um, after the Second World War. I don't think he got the award for the Western in 1940. Okay, the answer was Walter Brennan. And I'm sure quite a lot of people who didn't get that will know that name. I think that's the hardest one of this group. So don't despair. Keep on with the quiz. Keep on, keep on, keep on. Yeah, let me let me see if we can cheer you up in some ways. Um, I should have more clips here, but because we're not doing this live, um, it's it's um, a little bit uh, difficult to do that. Yes, I won't play a little clue, but um, here we go. Let's move on. Now. Best Actor in 1941, not Supporting Actor, Best Actor. And the clue, free clue, was he played a sergeant in this, a sergeant in this. And those of you who know me, there's a connection name-wise to me in the answer. Okay, it's down to five points now because I'm going to tell you the name of the film because we want the name of the actor. The name of the film, because I think this is more knowable, is Sergeant York. The film was Sergeant York. Okay, the answer is Gary Cooper. Gary Cooper. There we go. Connection, same surname. Okay, number three, Best Actress in 1944. Very famous actress. The clue for this one is it, well, it was um, it was a psychological thriller, and there was no electricity in this film. No electricity in this film. Yeah, that was a big clue. Big clue because if there's no electricity, how did they see? Well, they saw. By Gaslight. What's the name of the actress in Gaslight? Okay, answer is, you're still on 10 points, Ingrid Bergman. Wonderful, wonderful actress. Spellbound, endless, endless films. Wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, actress. Okay, number five. Um, and um, let me tell you how many there are in this round. There's only six, so number five. He played a drunk. He was usually playing a hero. But in this particular film, in 1945, he won the Best Actor Award for playing a dissolute character. Normally he played suave, debonair men. This is the sort of question that Ken, if he's uh, checking this out, will get immediately. And again, I think we'll give the clue, but you stay at 10 points if you get it even with the clue. The clue, the film was called The Lost Weekend. Because basically this 
the, the, the chap has blacked out with his drinking. Okay, the answer is Ray Milland. Ray Milland. Um, uh, I could have also told you that um, he also beat that year in 1945. Bing Crosby, who was in The Bells of St. Mary's. Gene Kelly, who was in Anchors Away. Gregory Peck, who was in Keys of the Kingdom. And Cornell Wilde, A Song to Remember. And some people may know or have heard of all those names. Certainly Bing Crosby and Gene Kelly and Gregory Peck. Cornell Wilde, a great actor too. Okay, last one. Here is the best director from 1948. Right. This director often was known for his famous drinking and rebel rousing. He was one of those, uh, a small group of people that uh, really sort of uh, had reputations in Hollywood, but he was a very famous uh, thing. Let me see if I can give you any more clues. Uh, the film that he um, he won the award for, Peter Laurie was in it, I think, and um, uh, oh, his name's uh, his name just slipped my mind at the moment. The other actor uh, come to me in a moment. All right, I'll tell you the name of the film, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. I just can't remember the name of the other chap that was in that. Okay, famous film. He did a lot of westerns with John Wayne. John Houston. John Houston. And the film site to check those out are www.filmsite.org forward slash Oscars 40 HTML. HTML. Well, that was another. So you could be on 150. 150 points by now but they were two difficult rounds so if you even if you got to 100 you're doing absolutely fine don't give up keep on till the end and um, we'll give you another round of applause well done for staying with me okay round three we're moving to the 50s what do you mean you weren't born in the 50s either well sorry but uh, some of us have been around all the time now these are music ones now, this is a bit of my revenge here because I go on these quizzes and they have records that have come out since the year 2000, which is, to be fair, the last 20 years, which for most people, that's their entire listening life of music. But I'm thinking, well, can you play something from the 70s or 60s? You know, anyway, <laughs> sorry, folks, we're in the 50s. So here we go, and I will try and uh, see how we go we'll go through this fairly fast i think because we've got some uh, good rounds as well to come there are just six questions in here so let's motor on let's get down on and boogie here we go singers of the 50s <clears throat> question one on march the first uh i put the year then but i think that's 1950 these brothers record in nashville their first single 
for Cadence Records. And the record is called, oh, it's actually 57, 1957. It was called Bye Bye Love. Brothers, so it's Singing Brothers, Nashville, Cadence Records, Bye Bye Love. So you see, and it was uh, 1st of March, 1957. So you've got a lot of clues really there. All right, I'll give you, you're down to five if you need this. Uh, the title of the group is, and I'm going to only give the first letter of the middle word, so it's The E Brothers Recording Nashville. Bye bye, love. Okay, if you needed the clue, five points for Everly Brothers. If you'd already got it, you're already there. You were waiting for me to come to the answer. Ten points. Oh, question two. April the 12th, 1954. This group record a time-related record in New York City for Decca Records. For Decca Records. Time-related. And it was the first of a new wave of music, certainly for white singers to be performing. Decca Records. Time related, the clue is there. Answer, rock around the clock. Should have a clip of that, shouldn't I? But there we go. You've got to watch out with playing clips like that. You've got to keep to shortened versions. Let's move on. Number three. This is November 1951. This singer begins her first TV series. With her name in the title and it runs for um, five and a half years. So the show was the Her Name Show. So it's not the Lucille Ball show, but it's something along those lines. Might be too difficult if you're under 40, that one. So I'll give that one. We won't wait too long. We won't dwell on that one. It was the Dinah Shaw show, an American TV show running for nearly six years. Okay, question four. On April the 3rd, 1956, this huge singing star, and that's not a reference to his size, this huge singing star makes his first appearance on the Milton Berle show. It was an absolute sensation and is quoted of the launching of the star. Can't say anything more than that without absolutely giving it away. <laughs> I'll have a little sip of my tea. <clears throat> I'm giving those at the back time to come up with the answer. Excuse me. Of course, it was the, the king of rock and roll himself, Elvis Presley, made his appearance on the Milton Burl show. Wonderful, wonderful, fantastic. Number five, see if they're getting easier. Well, maybe. In 1959, this musician buys his first electric guitar. 
He was a master of it. Nearly destroyed them, but there you go. And for those who know about guitars, and I don't, it was a white single pickup Supro Ozark 1560S. That was the model. Now, because some some people who are geeks on this will probably know it is from the name of the blooming guitar. That wasn't really any help to me, I must admit. It was a, an electric guitar. Okay, you must know it. Who electrified the stages with his guitar playing and singing? None other than Jimi Hendrix himself. You're going, I thought this quiz was hard, and one answer's Elvis Presley, and the next one's Jimi Hendrix. You can't get much more famous than that. Okay. Let's go to this one. This might be a little bit more for the oldest because the name hasn't perhaps endured uh, for the younger generation as those two names did. But in 1953, this singer becomes the Coca-Cola Kid on the television show, Coke Time, at a salary of $1 million a year. Now, just think about that, folks. 1953, $1 million. That must be, must be, if not, if not $20 million equivalent, it's certainly 10 or $15 million. Fantastic. In 1953, this singer becomes a Coca-Cola kid. So those people who are fans of Coca-Cola may know it from that aspect. Coke time, you may have heard of that. Okay, and so let's wrap it up. Eddie Fisher was the name, Eddie Fisher. So we've got a further 60 points to add to that. So that gives 210 have been given out. If you're in the 150 mark, you're doing excellently because they were quite difficult. Right, all right, all right, all right. People say, well, I want something I know about. I don't want all this old stuff. Well, this is old in some respects because we're in the 80s. It's horror movies of the 80s. Ooh, I need some creepy music. Have I got any creepy music for that? Ooh, let's play a few of these. Get, just getting you in the mood. in the mood and then with the heartbeat oh we're still alive then you're still here that's good news okay let's get on with it david how long are we going gosh we're going over 30 minutes so let's get on with round four horror movies of the 80s now let's hope these are all right <laughs> i don't want to mess up on this i'm going to give you more than one clue uh, but um i'm going to be very generous um 
even if you need well obviously you need the first clues you won't know what the question is but um we'll try always drop it down to five points on the last clue i give okay so uh, how many are there on this round you want to know i heard you say six so you could get up to um 270 points in total if you get all these round so round four clue one this is a 1986 cult comedy horror science fiction starring d wallace stone m emmett walsh billy greenbush and scott grimes that's your first clue still at 10 points we're gonna give you a second clue the film begins on a prison asteroid in outer space a group of unseen creatures known as this is the word we want are set to be transported to another station <laughs> put the lid of that case down <laughs> okay if you need the third clue, you're down to five points. You may already have got it. Meanwhile, on Earth, we introduce to the Brown family living in a rural Kansas town. Critters. That's the answer. Critters. Yeah. Hopefully you got that. Okay. Here we go. Question two. You're more in the game now, are you? You're getting more into it. Good, good, good. Here we are. From 1981, it was the last film to feature Astaire, Fairbanks, and Douglas. Wow, what a group of casting those are. Fred Astaire, Douglas Fair, um, uh, yeah, Douglas Fairbanks, uh, and I'm not sure who the other one first name was. The plot is taken from the novel of the same name. You're still at ten points. And I think for this one, it's quite difficult. So I'm going to give you the third clue, still at 10 points, for elderly friends form what they call the Chowder Society, an informal club where they regale each other with scary stories. Scary stories. <laughs> Answer, ghost story. The answer from 1981, ghost story number three here we go from 1984 produced on an estimated budget of just 1.8 million dollars second clue 10 points still critics and film historians argue that the film's premise is the question of the distinction between dreams and reality which is manifested in the film through the teenagers dreams and their realities. Now, I think I have to drop down to five if you need this clue, because it's a very big giveaway. An unknown person in a boiler room creates a glove with razor sharp knives embedded in the fingers. And if you said Edward Scissorhands, you lose 10 points. No, it's not Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> the answer is, of course, 
a nightmare. A nightmare on Elm Street. I think, I think that was a witch. Oh, a really good uh, audio for that, was it? Here we go. Number four. From 1988, an English horror film based loosely on the novel of the same name. It was a very early starring role. Well, he, I don't know if he was the starring role, but it was one of his first performances. Hugh Grant was in it. That might give some Hugh Grant fans a clue. That's 10 points. I think this next clue is going to have to bring it down to um, five points. The enigmatic Lady Sylvia is the immortal priestess, prince, priestess to the snake god. <laughs> and the answer is the lair of the white worm. Lair of the white worm. So if you need that final clue, just five points. We're up to five. We've got two, this and one more. So I hope you're doing rather well at the moment. From 1983, singer Deborah, Deborah Harry is in the film. So it's a film from 1983, Deborah Harry, obviously uh, the singer. Two, the film has been described as techno-surrealist. And I think I'll give the third clue, and you're still at 10 points. Oblivion delivers a speech prophesying a future in which television supplants real life. <laughs> wow. You can say that's what's happening with the lockdown here now, doesn't it? Television is replacing real life. Everybody's streaming and not seeing the friends. So for 10 points, the answer was Videodrome. Videodrome. Okay, number six, final one of this round. So uh, you're getting tense now, you're getting tense. And I'm just going to clear my throat a moment. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it's getting very tense indeed. <coughs> Sorry, I was going to mute my mic while I played that. And I realized if I muted my mic, you... He wouldn't hear the clip. Oh, he's an expert, this guy. Here we go. Number six from 1989. In the movie, a church, a cat owned by Lewis, his daughter's Ellie, is killed by a truck on the road. Oh, no, I've got that wrong. I think church is the name of the cat. From 1989, in the movie, church... A cat owned by Louis, can't even read now, Lewis's daughter Ellie is killed by a truck on the road. Clue two, still on 10 points. Denise Crosby is Rachel Re Creed in the character. In, that's her character in the film. And clue three, it's a Stephen King novel. Adaption with the same name. Oh, you've got it now. I mentioned a cat. Cat's a pet. A pet. Pet cemetery. 
1989. There you go. That was round four. Hopefully you're doing okay. And let's have one last, uh, let's have one little scream. I think that was more of a werewolf, don't you? Yeah, I think it was. Okay, round five. We're in the 70s now. We're jumping around. I didn't want to do them sequentially. I tried to intersperse harder rounds with a fun round. So here we go. Round five, the last round, remember, will have some audio in it uh, as well. But for now, we're on Sci-Fi Book Awards, the Hugo Awards in the 70s. So we're talking classic science fiction books. And... Uh, if you can take anything away from this, I would suggest at the end, whatever points you get, seek out the books that the answers, if you haven't already read them, or maybe you've heard of them, but never got round to them, or perhaps they're in your parents' uh, uh, bookcase at home, or perhaps uh, you're, if you're sharing the digs with someone, uh, they're on their bookshelf. But seek them out, go to a second-hand charity shop, if any are open, get it from the library dispatched. Um, but we'll see. Um, it's a sort of uh, book that Jeff Franklin will uh, no doubtly have uh, uh, somewhere on his uh, vast shelves uh, at a location that he works at. <laughs> Here we go. Round five from 1970. Sci-Fi Book Awards. Hugo's in the 70s. Now, there were five nominees in each year. So I've done it as a multiple choice because it would otherwise be perhaps too hard. So in actual fact, you could argue any of the shortlisted ones is probably worth a read. So from, um, here we go, 1970. Which of these do you think won the Hugo Award? Ah, do you know? So you can guess, I suppose, at this one. So listen carefully. I shall say this only twice. <laughs> hello, hello. I shall say it twice, not once. Was it A, Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut? Was it The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula K. Le Guin? Let's see, browse it. Was it Macroscope by Piers Anthony? Or was it Up the Line by Robert Silverberg? All outstanding sci fi writers. I'll read it through a little bit more quickly and then give a moment before I give the answer. No clues really here. Was it Slaughterhouse 5? In fact, I just read the titles this time for brevity. Was it Slaughterhouse Five, The Left Hand of Darkness, Macroscope, or Up the Line? There were only four choices there, weren't there, in this particular one? Not five. Okay, the answer was The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula K. Ligin. I pronounced that surname correct. So that's 10 points. Number two, which of these books won the Hugo, Hugo Award? So again, I think there's only four this time as well. So here we go. The choices for 1974, the shortlist were, first time I'll read the, uh, the writer as well. Was it A, The Man Who Folded Himself by David Gerald? Time Enough for Love by Robert A. Heinlein? Was it Rendezvous with Rama, Arthur C. Clarke, 
or was it The People of the Wind by Poole Anderson? All great books. Now I'm just going to read the titles, not the author this time. Which won in 1974 the Hugo Award, The Man Who Folded Himself, Time Enough for Love, Rendezvous with Rama, The People of the Wind. And I think what it was when I wrote this, because remember these are all quizzes, sections I'm using. I think if if the fifth one was a much more obscure name, I've left it out because it, it was obviously not a winner, as the name wouldn't be obscure anymore, would it? The answer to that one, number two, is Rendezvous with Rama by Arthur C. Clarke. You only had to get which one, uh, so that was the right answer. Number three, which won the Hugo in 1976? Read the whole clue, or the whole choices this first time. The Scholastic Man by Robert Silverberg. Doorways in the Sand by Roger Zeleny. The Computer Connection by Alfred Bester. The Forever War, Joe Haldeman. Second time, just the titles. The Scholastic Man. Doorways in the Sand. The Computer Connection. The Forever War. And the answer for the Hugo 1976, number three, is... The Forever War by Joe Haldeman. And again, recommend, I think nearly all those books I've read. 1977 now, 1977. Again, four choices I've got. Was it A, where the late, where the late, where the late sweet birds sang by Kate Wilhelm? Children of June by Alf, uh, Frank Herbert, Mine Bridge by Joe Haldeman, Man Plus by Frederick Pohl. I'm just going to read the titles where I think I mashed up the first one. I said just the titles there. Where Late the Sweet Birds Sang, Children of June, Mine Bridge, Man Plus. And the answer number four in 1977, it was won by Kate Wilhelm, Where Late the Sweet Birds Sang. Which I don't think I've read that one. I've read most of the others. Number five, 1978. From these four choices, which one? Gateway by Frederick Pohl. Lucifer's Hammer by Larry Niven. Oh, and Ger that was Larry Niven and Gerald Pornell. Dying of the Light by George R. R. Martin. You know that name, don't you, George R. R. Martin? You know, so Song of Fire and Ice, is it? Game of Thrones. And D, that's not one of the choices. It was his book, Dying of the Light by George R. R. Martin. Uh, R. D, Time Storm by Gordon R. Dixon. 1978 Hugo Award winner. Just read the names again. Gateway by Frederick Paul. Oh, Gateway. Lucifer's Hammer. Dying of the Light. Time Storm. And the answer was Gateway by Frederick Paul.
And the last one of this is which one in 79? Um, and here we go. Was it A, The White Dragon by Anne McCaffrey? The Faded Sun? Um, and then it's Kistrath. K, the name of the sun is K-E-S-R-I-T-H by uh, C.J. Cherith. Was it Blind Voices by Tom Remy? Or Dream Snake by Vonda N. McIntyre? And I'll just read the names again. This was 79 Hugo winners. Was it White Dragon? The Faded Sun? Kesrith? Blind Voices, Dream Snake. And the answer for the last one in this round was Dream Snake by Vonda N. McIntyre. Wow. That, I thought that was a great round, but you might have found it difficult. 60 more points up for grabs. So that's a 270 total um, for a full house. So um, uh, what can we do now? Well, there's only one thing to do. It's to go on to the final round. Yeah, we're in the 60s, and um, not everyone has a um, uh, a clip, but um, most of them do. So the first one, we've got actually two audio clips to make up for that. Um, so question one, from the 60s, you're going to hear a theme from a TV series. You're going to hear it slightly altered. I've tried to sort of uh, uh, alter the audio somewhat. So here it goes. Can you get it? And I'll only play a short section. <laughs> I think that's easy. Should we waste time waiting? You got it, didn't you? Yes, of course. Doctor Who. to wait till we got to that nice section there wonderful wonderful doctor who now we've got uh, a link question which hasn't got audio but it's still uh, linked to that last question right so we're still on doctor who link question what year did the tvc's tv series return to our screens and this is uk when it first came back and the year will suffice. And I'm not talking about the TV movie, uh, the Paul McGann movie uh, from the late 90s. I'm talking about what year did it go? Time did it come back? What year? Been going quite a while. It's been going longer, the return of Doctor Who. We now call the old series the classic series. Um, uh, but the, the current series has been going longer <coughs> than many TV series managed to do. Okay, that's long enough. Uh, the answer is 2005 it came back. Yeah, it's been back 15 years. Um, give yourself five points if you're all right, thinking in your head that the title of that episode was... Go on. 
you said rows, five more points. And um, doubt if anybody got the exact date, but if you remember that it came out in um, the spring, it came out in March 25th, actually. But if you if you put early, if you thought early 2005, give yourself another five points. So possibly 20 questions there, uh, 20 points rather there. Okay, number three. What show is this? Where are me radio valves? Hi, ah, little beauties. We'll soon have the watch throbbing through you and your filaments glowing red hot, carrying the thoughts and words of mankind to the four corners of the world. Oh, there's nothing like a 19DS stroke 87B. <laughs> and that's apropos what I'm doing now because I'm hopefully talking to the world. Are one or two participants in different places around the world? most likely to be English-speaking ones are where English is a second language. Thank you for coming across this podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying with us till round six. Okay. This is a UK, and if you didn't guess from that clip, a comedy, but what was the series called? Okay, there's going to be a bonus choice in a minute, but it's going to be a very easy bonus if you don't get the main question. So um, I think you better hear the answer when I tell you. Well, you'll hear the answer, I think. <laughs> no, you won't, because that's the next clue. <laughs> Ten points, everybody. Ten points. That's the same mess up. I'm allowed to, you know. Um, um, what I was going to say is that the um, the answer was Hancock's half hour to that first one. So I'll play that first clip again in in um, in uh, in due solemnity from me messing up. Now then, where are me radio valves? Hi, ah, little beauties. We'll soon have the watch throbbing through you. And your filaments glowing red hot. Yeah, that's Hancock's half hour. And if you guessed that it was the radio ham, then another five points. And everybody, of course, got ten points. So I better remember that when I write that down. And that's the radio. That first aired in June 1961. And it was a radio program, not a TV program. So um, there you go. Okay. I wonder if you can guess what this one is. Here we go. Okay, that was a theme for a show that ran from 1962 to 1965 in the United States. We saw it a bit later here in the UK, I think. You must have got that. Perhaps one of the most... It's a signature tune, almost, of this director. It's Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock presents theme. Alfred Hitchcock presents theme. Now, I'm wondering now when I've got my uh, my uh, clips in the wrong order. So um, I'm going to, with great trepidation, play this next clip. Uh, I'm going to play it a bit so... <laughs> I'm sure I'm on the right clip. Yeah, it's, it's going to pop, folks. It's going to pop. Here we go. Oh, 
Are you pleased to know that was the right clip? What was the start that TV series? What was that from? I'll play it a little bit longer. The Invader. <laughs> Oh, dear, my three mistakes. Well, the reason for that, folks, yes, I always, always have an excuse ready, David. That's the best thing. And um, in the Play It Cartwell thing that I'm using to uh, inject audio into the quiz, um, there's a small box where you can put the title. Unfortunately, what I did is I wrote very descriptive titles um, and then dropped the titles into the various boxes. It's a cart wall. That's a... a it comes from sort of audio cartridges wall. But because the titles are long, when I look at the, the box, I can't see the full title. All I can see is the, it's a um, clip, you know, round five, clip five, the, and it doesn't say, so I can't immediately recognize. So um, that, <laughs> Everybody gets 10 points. Everybody gets 10 points. The answer was given out within the clip. It's The Invaders, an American science fiction television series created by Leonard Cohen that aired on ABC for two seasons from January the 10th, uh, 1967 to March 26th, which shows you have done our work and we'll just enjoy a little bit more of that. Invader, a Quinn Martin production, starring Roy Finnis as architect David Vincent. The Invaders. Yeah, I can't blend in more of that, but that was the invaders. <laughs> oh, the strain. <laughs> and that's because we hit the one hour mark, I think. Well, we're on the final one now. What TV series? And this is a British one to end up. I've got a short clip and a long clip, and hopefully I've timed those right so there's no giveaways in the clip. So here's the shorter clip. <laughs> And it's also, as you heard there, playing rather fast. Play it again. Remember, the, some of these quizzes I wrote seven years ago, um, but I think that's like I did the first one, if you remember, uh, when I altered the uh, the clip to the, uh, the the Doctor Who theme. I altered this one by uh, by speeding it up. So. Think, think of it being slowed down, what TV, British TV series, and it was broadcast in the late 60s. Okay, I'm going to kind uh, of give you another clue. Okay, um, I won't give the title, but the rest of the information reads, a British espionage science fiction occult detective fiction adventure series consisting of 30 episodes broadcast on UK network ITV from 68 to 69 had three main characters had one of the most beautiful actresses of her time uh, as the uh, one a lady and two gentlemen 
Okay, here we go. Okay, let me just uh, read a little bit from the uh, the uh, the wiki page on this to wrap us up. Uh, give you a time to just jot up your story if you want to. Um, starring uh, Stuart Damon, Alexandra Bastinio, William Gaunt, uh, who's in an awful lot of other stuff. Where will you recognise William Gaunt from? Um, what would you uh, recognise him from? Uh, what was he in? Oh, he's been Juliet Bravo, Doctor Who. Um, oh, he's been in all sorts. Midsummer Murders, um, Edgar Allan Wallace Mysteries, Zed Cars, The Avengers, of course. Um, Tons of stuff. Uh, so that's William Gaunt, uh, Alexander Mastinio, um, uh, an absolute beautiful actress lady. Um, what's she best known for? Oh, so many things. Uh, Why? Well, she was in, in Batman Ge Begins in 2005. But let me see if I can. Doctor and Clover, Casino Royal in 1967. Um, oh, there are almost so many uh, TV shows and so on that she'd be Randall and Hopkirk deceased. Um, um, absolutely fabulous uh, in EastEnders, but um, she was the, um, the other actress. So it was a really great. That theme tune, by the way, was written by Tony Hatch, who wrote lots of TV series. Um, and of course, the the older actor was Anthony Nichols uh, um, that um, uh, played in this one as well, um, and he's been in all sorts of stuff. What else has he been in? Um, uh, softly, softly, uh, Zed Cars, Time Machine, Man in a Suitcase, The Avengers, The Saint, The Champions Department S. Um, uh, probably he was he was actually the most famous name at the time, Anthony Nichols. So uh, there we are. Okay, well that's the quiz over. And by my reckoning, with a couple of mistakes there, there was probably ninety points from the sixty, which brings us a tan total of um, three hundred and sixty points on offer. So well done, everybody, for uh, making it to the end. If you're still listening, you made it to the end of uh, Never Isolated, episode 42, uh, Lonesome Quiz 5. 360 episodes, so uh, 360 points. Let's say if you got 200 plus, you're doing fine. If you got between 250 and 300, uh, very, very good indeed. Anybody over 300, just excellent, just excellent. So there we are. That's today's quiz wrapped up. Uh, as I say, uh, this will appear on the feeds as as posted on um, 
let me move let me move me bing up to the top of my notes as saturday the 9th of may when i'm actually recording this on the sunday and uploading it as a pre-recorded episode on the torture site show id 7910667 and of course you can find us on itunes the uh, ios podcast app and a number of other podcasting places out there podbean and uh Ooh, lots of other ones, uh, CastBox, and uh, where have I got it on my iPad? I've got it on my iPad on yet another one, which is Pocket Cast, I think. Yeah, Pocket Cast as well, and a number of others, Listen Notes, and so on and so forth, Pod Paradise. So thank you ever so much for listening. I shall be back on the Monday with episode 43 and maybe have some information about what Boris Johnson will be staying later today on the Sunday and an update to the very uh, more serious side of uh, why we are self-isolating and trying to keep our spirits up. Keep yourself safe, keep that social distancing, keep washing your hands and, of course, look out for, certainly in the UK, um, more uh, information on how we're going to ease ourselves in a very slow and um, careful manner from the state we've been under here in the UK for at least seven weeks now. All the best, keep safe, and I shall end the recording. Bye for now. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.